Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Have y'all been excited about this? About vessels? Hadn't it been good? Isn't it rich? Man, it's so deep that we're the clay, that he is the potter. We had a master potter in the house last Sunday making a pot, didn't we, Leon? Did y'all see that? It's, it's, it's when somebody knows what they're doing. How many know God knows what he's doing? How many know sometimes we're hard to be shaped? Because we're set in our ways. That's why it's so important that children get saved before they get set in their ways. How many know religion will set in on you too if you don't watch it? We don't want to be religious. We want to be about Jesus. We don't want to be about tradition. We want to be about Jesus. Amen? Because you know what? Religion doesn't save anybody. It's Jesus the one that saves, heals, delivers, disciples, empowers, and puts you on the path to serving. He's got a plan for you. Amen? I'm going to try to stick with the notes, but we, we it's no, no holds barred today. It's just on. How about that? God has a plan for you. So you remember, you have to put yourself in the potter's hands. You're the clay. Remember the process? You know what? You got to keep going back and putting yourself in his hands. You put yourself in his hands and let him just start kneading you and working you over. Huh? Anybody ever got a massage by somebody that just hurt them? Golly. You know, you know when you're real stiff. What it is, what do you do when, what do you do, what, what do you do when you sprain an ankle? Rice, right? What's rice? Anybody know? Just think about it. Think about it. We'll come back to it. Somebody will be Googling it here in a minute. How about the, the, how about how hard is it to be centered? That you got to be centered on the wheel. The Word of God will center your life. If you're not centered, you're like this. Huh? You see people walking through life. You know? They're not even drinking. They're just off-centered. You got to be centered. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit will center you in the middle of God. How many would know we're supposed to be in Jesus? Amen. And then after you're centered, He starts, he starts forming you and lifting you up and figuring out what He's going to make. And, but you know what? He already has a plan what He's going to make you out. You know, He's got plans for you. We're going to show you some things today about that. And then you got to be put in the fire because you can be put on the shelf. You got to, after He makes the pot, you got to be put on the shelf to dry. How many people, how many of you know, have you ever met somebody that's ran off and just, I'm ready, and then they crumbled? You have to be fired. You have to be put in the fire. Fire hardens you a little bit. The Holy Ghost in fire, not hellfire. Hellfire crack you. But the Holy Spirit and fire will, will season you and get you ready, but then God wants to glaze you. He wants to make you pretty. A vessel, but some of us can't see ourselves being pretty. So we, 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 we just will go ahead and, and just mope along and think that we're not pretty, but we're just an old cup that's never been glazed. And, and you know, we can be, you know what? A cup of water is worth a million dollars if you've been three days without it. Hmm? So you're important, glazed or not. So get over that you're not. You are important. Matter, matter of fact, a, a prophet. Somebody said, if Jesus said, if you give a cup of water in a prophet's name, you'll receive a prophet's reward. How important is that? We sell ourselves short. I can't do anything. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. If you're breathing, you're worthy. The blood of Jesus makes you worthy. So get, get yourself in God. You've been, so we're glazed and then you go back in the fire. You know what I've left out? Tools. Water, we talked about water of the Word, but you know that you can use tools? I mean, you know God uses tools. I didn't even got into that. We don't have time for that. But we're going to talk about being filled and staying full today. And who needs notes? Wave at me. If you need some notes, anybody? So be filled and stay full. In Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4, this has been our, our scripture. If you'll put it up there for me. Jeremiah, the Lord took him down to the potter's house. And he said, but the vessel that he was making was spoiled in the hand of the potter and he remade it into another vessel and it pleased the potter to, to make. And so, so he makes it. 
In 2 Timothy 2.20 says, Now a large house, there are, not, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood, earthenware, some of honor, some of dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And we'll deal a little bit with dishonor. God wants to make you honorable. How many of y'all have done stupid stuff like me that makes you dishonorable? We're not going to be, you're not disqualified. You're going to learn that today. You're not disqualified. Man, God is in the business of taking people who think they're disqualified and making them qualified. God is in the business of taking clay that's, that you would think was worthless and making it worth everything. Matter of fact, he paid for you. Jesus came and paid for you. Whoo. And for you to say that you're not good enough, not worthy enough, are you saying Jesus is not good enough? I'm trying to keep this light. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to step on you a little bit. But you know what? Because this steps on me. Because, man, I want to do more. I want to be, be used by God. That should be your heart's cry. Lord, use me. I'm not saying to stand in the pulpit. I'm saying to live, be full of love, joy, peace, gentleness. Be full of the Spirit. Gentleness, kindness, meekness. Huh? You know, but at the end of worship, I always, I, well, not always, but as the Spirit leads me, I, 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 God gives me things like somebody's sick to their stomach today. You know what? You need to receive that. Last Sunday, I tag team preached with a, a, another preacher, and he was talking about a root of bitterness. And at the end, I got up and I said, you know, a root of bitterness will make you sick. And there was four or five people standing up being prayed for, but I said, somebody here, your hip has been bothering you. And this woman just like, the, she just fell out. There was five people praying for her. That's me, she shouted out. She had just typed in her phone starting service. I need to see an orthopedic doctor, my hip. But because of bitterness in her life, it brought sickness to her. And she says, I can't believe that's why my hip, because I've been bitter. Listen, we need to keep ourselves pure. We need to keep ourselves clean. And I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is God will use you like that. Amen? Amen? To minister to people, to bring healing, to bring life, to bring peace. The key, remember we talked about this. I'm just going back over some things. Submission. Submitting to God. How many of you are submitted to God? Surrendering to God is the key. Remember I told the story about the guy pulling the car? And the guy said, I'm just going to stay in the car. And he's pulling up a big hill with a tow truck. He's pulling the car. And, man, he was struggling to make it up that hill. And he got to the top of the hill, and he stopped and got out and said, man, I didn't think we was going to make it up that hill. And the guy in the car said, I didn't either. That's why I rode the brake the whole time. <laughs> you got to surrender. You can't ride the brake with God. I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the only one that has ridden the brake. The Lord asks you to do something, you're like, What? You see, it's all in the Bible. Elijah, Ananias, go pray for Saul, Tarsus. He's been killing people. You want me to go pray for him? He's killing Christians. And I'm going to go down there and tell him I are one. And you know he's going to kill me. And God said, no, he's a chosen vessel. Go. How about that? How about that there are keys that God will send you to? Keys to family. I'm talking about a person is a key. If that person got saved, we had a, a guy in our, in our community where I, where I used to co-pastor and stuff, and, and uh, his name was Big Bubba. And I mean, everybody knew Big Bubba. And Big Bubba's driveway was right off the road there, and Big Bubba's driveway, he threw his beer cans in the driveway so he could crush them, and then pick them up and trade them in for money. So his whole yard's full of crushed beer cans, Big Bubba. And Big Bubba would ride around and just nice guys he'd be, half drunk all the time. Vietnam veteran and everything. So we started praying for Bubba. If Bubba gets saved, everybody knowing everybody in this town knows that there's a God. He's a key. We didn't get to lead him to Jesus, but he got saved. He got saved. And we've been praying for him for a year. And he got saved. And everybody's mouth dropped. Man, because Bubba was a key. How about in your family? Are you the key? 
How about in your family? Is there somebody a key that you might lead to Jesus? How about in, in your neighborhood? Is there a key? Pray over them. You may not be the one that leads them, but you need to pray over them. Submit to God. God excels in taking worthless clay and making it something. So let's go to number one. Be filled, stay full. I mean, you know, in Acts, the day of Pentecost poured out, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But we're going to look at Matthew because I want to look at something because we need to be filled and we need to stay full. How do you do that? Matthew 6, 22. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is single, then your whole body will be full of light. Single, what does it mean? Single, focused on God. Quit letting it drift. You know, you focus. I'm going to focus on, I'm going to focus on the back. I'm going to focus on the south booth, but wait, 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 I'm drifting. <whistles> Lost focus. Your eye needs to be single. You need to be focused on God. You need to be trusting God. Even when bad news comes, you stay focused on God. God's got me. God's got this. Even though you may have regrets, you keep focused on God. Stay focused. Stay focused. Keep your eye single. Well, what about your ears? What about your well, What you focused on is what you're going to hear. What you focus on is what you're going to be hearing about, too. So let's say our focus, and that's how you stay full. It's when you're running around, yeah, you're supposed to pour yourself out, but you go back, you focus, and you're giving God when you go. But your focus is back on God, and you get full. Okay? So look at the next verse, and then how, you, how, how do you lose it? But if our eye is bad, then the whole body's full of darkness. And then the light... Oh, my goodness. So, so, wait a minute. If the light then that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? If, you, if you're not focused and you don't have light, you're, you're looking at the world. Y'all hear the news? Oh, you want the president, what they're doing to the president, what the president did? Well, that's not our focus. You hear about cousin so-and-so, cheated on so-and-so, run around, found him drunk again. That, that's not your focus. You're supposed to be focusing on God and praying for them. Yeah, you can, but your focus is God, not gossip, not them, not that. Are y'all with me? So I got a question for you. If you're the vessel and you need to be full, do you have a lid on you? Is there a lid on you? There shouldn't be a lid. Let me give you an example of a lid on somebody. Look at the Pharisees. They studied the Bible. They went through their religious works. But they had a lid on. They should have seen Jesus is the one, but they couldn't because they had a lid on. What does hinder you from running this race? Is what Paul said. What weight is holding you back? What lid maybe you have on that you won't let God have full reign? That's a tough question. That, that, you know, what's keeping you from submitting to God? The Pharisees couldn't do it. Say, I'm not a Pharisee. Come on, tell somebody else, I'm not a Pharisee. I am open, say, I am open to let God use me and fill me up. So you want to write this down. How do you, how do you stay full? How do, how do you stay open? Be teachable? Be teachable. Are you teachable? Are you correctable? The Word of God will correct you. You know how many people ignore the Word of God? I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. You know how many times I've heard that and end up being in trouble? I'm just going to do what I want to do. Eh, wrong answer. we got to do what the Word says to do. Amen. You may not like it starting off, but let me tell you, you'll find out that there's a blessing on the other end when you do what the Word says. Be willing to humble yourself. What does that mean? I'm not saying be a doormat, but I'm saying, you know what? You can walk away. No sense in arguing the Bible. That's a Pharisee. 
No sense of arguing the Word. I came into work. I told this before. The secretaries were arguing about the Bible. Well, what do you think? I said, what I think, and a dollar gets you a cup of coffee, is what the Bible says. And I said, how many people y'all got saved coming into the office here today arguing about the Bible? Nobody. And so we want to be, we want to be teachable, correctable, and we want to be humble, and we, we, we need to be willing to submit. It's the last one. Be willing to submit to God. You don't submit to me. You hear what the Word says, and you submit to the Word. Here? You know, I know so many whacked-up preachers that they'll tell you how many kids they have, why, how many cars to buy. That's, that's stupidity. No, I'm, I'm to teach the Word of God and to shepherd you with the Word of God, and you're supposed to follow the Word. Not argue about it, and you know what? You can talk doctrine, but you know what? Here's, don't be a Pharisee and argue to, argue to get your way. That's what Pharisees did. They were proud of what they knew the Bible. They could quote, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Boom, quote it. I got my star and quote the five, first five books. Come on. It's not about that. It's about relationship. It's not about knowledge. It's about relationship. It's not about knowledge. It's about relationship. Come on, the, the, the Bible said, God said that he'd write his laws on our heart. You'll know right from wrong. That ain't right. That don't bear witness. That ain't right. You'll know right from wrong. So let's dive in where I really want to go. Number two, crack vessels leak. If we're a vessel, we need to stay full. Do you know if you're cracked, you can't stay full? You know you just drain out because of hurt, because of pain. Um, we're going to look in, in Matthew 26, chapter 26 and 27 is, is uh, Judah's story. How many of you know Judas was one of the 12? How many of you know Judas hung out with Jesus? How many of you know Judas had his own agenda? Can't have your own agenda. You want to go back to the four I just said. You've got to be submitted. You've got to be humble. You can't have your own agenda. But let's just talk about his story just for a little bit. Judas was one of the 12, and Judas decided, you know what? I'm going to make Jesus become king. That, you know, that so many have said, how come, Jesus, how come Judas betrayed Jesus? You know, he betrayed Jesus with a kiss. How many of y'all heard the story? Nod at me. Yeah, something owe me. He betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Why in the world would he do something like that? Because he had his own agenda. You know, that's why I say if you want to be a leader because you want to have your own agenda or you want to control, well, I'm, I'm going to be in charge of this trip because I want to eat at Applebee's. And that, that's the only reason I want to be, or to be seen. Judas said, hey, I'm one of the 12. If Jesus becomes king, I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of the 12. That ain't what it's about. Jesus taught that the greatest among you is a servant. Not about power and authority, it's about serving. Isn't that awesome? So let's look at it. Judas became a broken vessel. And let's look at how. He tried to do or make things happen his way and not God's way. And it didn't work the way he thought it did, and he got cracked. Judas could not forgive himself. You know, before he did that, he tried. So when he found out that, you know what, they're going to kill Jesus and Jesus is not going to stop it. Oh, my. He went and took the money back to the Pharisees and said, you got to take this money back. And they go, we're not taking that money back. So he repented. You may know what repented. He turned from what he did. He was sorry for what he did. He turned and he threw the money back at him. And, the, and then he went and hung himself. And, the, and the, the Pharisees took the money and said, this is blood money. And they went and bought the potter's field. We're talking about pottery and potter's field. And that's where Judas was buried in the potter's field. Okay? So they bought the potter's field with the money and buried Judas there. The potter's field is a place where they dug clay, but it's also a place where they put the broken vessels. You see, if a vessel wouldn't be healed, the potter threw it against the wall, cracked it into a thousand pieces, and then failed to put it in the hole where he dug the clay came from. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Isn't that how it ties together that Judas, a broken vessel, was buried in the potter's field? But let's talk about, let's, we're going we're gonna to 
stay with this just for a second, but this story is in Matthew. And, and let's look. Th- there, these are the things that will crack you in life, just a few. And some of you in here have been cracked. How do you know you're over it? I'm getting ahead of myself. You quit going back to it. There are things in life that will crack a vessel of honor if someone drops you. Mom, dad, hmm? family member, hurt you. How about the loss of a loved one? You ever met someone cracked by the loss of a loved one? Yeah. God wants to heal your cracks today. How about a spouse, grandparent, a child? How about drugs and alcohol? Being abused sexually, being abused verbally. It'll crack you. Look out, look out, look out, this is look out. Notice the atmosphere is changing. Getting heavy. Jesus came to heal your cracks. Jesus came to wipe away all of this heaviness that you're starting to sense. Are you with me? Tell somebody, I want to be free. Say, well, you know, I don't have anything wrong, Pastor, but you know what? You can be. You can be cracked. Let's let's keep digging. How about you plan a plan and try things your way without consulting God? There's a scripture I used to do with the youth. Woe to the children who plan a plan that's not of me, says the Lord. A plan to add sin unto sin. Hmm? You ever been there? Where's the party? Y'all bringing the beer? Y'all bringing the weed? Y'all bringing, that's adding sin unto sin. Huh? Y'all don't look at me like, oh, he's talking to me. No, I ain't pointing out nobody. But you know what I'm talking about? And that, the way that is destruction. We've all figured that out. But God wants to heal us as a broken vessel. So if you ever find yourself cracked, know God wants you healed. Because in the midst of Judah's story, you've got another story, and it's Peter's story. Peter denied Jesus three times. What's the difference? He denied Jesus three times. And he was, he was cracked because he denied Jesus. What, what do you do when you get cracked? You go back to your old lifestyle. Hear me. When you start drifting back to your old lifestyle, you're tired, you're burnt out, you're starting to get cracked when you go back. You know what Peter said? He told the 12, Jesus had died, I'm going fishing. I'm through, I'm going fishing. And you know what the other one said? We're going with you. But here's the difference between Peter and Judas. They're on the boat fishing. They fished all night. They didn't catch anything. There's somebody on the bank. Hey, children, y'all caught anything? Now, Jesus is a country like me. You hear a thing? He, he was from Galilee. That's country boys. And so Peter looks at wait, wait, wait a minute. And he said, cast your nets on the other side. And they cast their nets, and they caught a boatload. And Peter said, that's Jesus. And he dove in, and he went to Jesus. When you're cracked, you got to go back to Jesus. What happens, we're ashamed. Look at Peter. He was ashamed. He was, but he still went back to Jesus. And Jesus didn't stomp a hole in him. Can't believe you turned your back on me. But Jesus asked him some hard questions that brought healing. That's why I asked you some hard questions. I'm going to ask you some hard questions. Do you still have a lid on? Where are you blocking God? Where are you not submitted to him? Let's read that right quick. In John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had finished breakfast, then Peter said, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus said, Simon Peter, 
Do you love me more than these others? Do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. You know I love you. And he said, tend my lambs. Look at the next verse. And I'm going to try to give some inflection in my voice. And he said, Simon, do you love me? And to him he said, yes, Lord. You know I love you. You know I love you. And he said, shepherd my sheep. And then the next verse. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter grieved. Peter grieved because he asked him the third time, but Jesus was bringing healing to him. Even though it grieved him, he said, this is the fire, y'all, if you hadn't noticed. This is fire. These hard questions hurt. And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, tend my sheep. Not only was he restoring Peter, he was giving him a plan for his life. He repurposed him. Hmm? He thought, I'm a failure. I've denied him. How could he ever love me again? Some of you sitting there thinking, man, I have messed up and messed up and messed up. Listen to me. If God said forgive 70 times 7, he's going to forgive you 70 times 7 in a day. But not only does he want to forgive you and you to repent, but he wants to empower you and give you a plan. See, see the reason you keep going back, there's still some kind of crack. You're going back to the same old sin, there's still some kind of crack. You're going back to the same hurt, there's some kind of crack. You know, I should have married that guy. I'd have been in a different place if I'd have married that. No, that Gomer, you didn't want to marry him. If I'd have married her, my life would be different than marrying this woman. No, that's a lie. If, if, my, if my mama had let me have done this, if, if, if we'd have done that, that's a lie. God can restore you right where you're at and give you a plan and a vision for your life. You've got to let him heal you. So, so, so let's talk just for a second. Uh, how does a potter heal a cracked vessel? First, he takes the vessel and he studies it and looks at how beautiful it is and looks at, at, at what he had made or who somebody had made and he looks at the crack. He looks the crack over and he takes that vessel and he wants to bring healing. He wants to fill that crack up. And so he goes and pulls a tick off of a cow. He gets blood from somewhere and mixes it with the clay. How many of you know Jesus shed his blood for you to be free? How many of you know we sang about, oh, the blood of Jesus, that your sins can be washed away? The blood of Jesus, there's power, power, power to heal cracks in the blood of Jesus. There's deliverance, there's victory, there's healing, there's peace, there's joy, there's everything you need in the blood of Jesus. And so the potter takes it and he mixes it with the clay and he starts filling that crack up. He fills that crack up, that broken heart. He fills it up. The Spirit of God's upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to, be, to bring healing to the brokenhearted. This Jesus, this same Jesus, but no, notice where we started. You have to go and put yourself in Jesus' hands. We feel good for a day and we think we're good and we take off running. Eh. How many of y'all ever took a day off to go fishing like me? How many of you ever took a day off to just get with God? Told you I was going to ask you some hard questions. How many of you just, just sat down with Jesus for a minute and let him just heal your brokenness? Let him apply the blood. Just, just wash me in your blood, Lord. Wash all these wrong thoughts. Wash all these wrong hurts. I, of all the, everything they said about me, I, I, I wash it. I put it under the blood. Can you do that? Yes, you can. Can you do that, though? Will you do that? So the potter takes it, and he mixes blood with the clay. He fills that crack up, and he gets it just where he likes it, just right. And what does he do? He puts it back in the fire. That's these questions that Jesus asked Peter. Will you? 
Do you love me? Do you love me? See, do you love Jesus more than you love your hurt? I'm asking. That's what Jesus was asking Peter. Do you love me more than your brokenness? Do you love me more or do you, will you want to wallow in your brokenness? Huh? I didn't want to go this hard, but this is tough. This is, this is the Holy Ghost, not in the notes. You know, you ever met somebody that's like a pig? You can wash a pig, it goes right back to the mud. You ever seen somebody come to church and they go back to the mud after about two weeks? Come on. You know, it, it, it wants to break my heart, but I can't fix anybody. I point them to Jesus, point them to Jesus, give them Jesus, give them Jesus, and they still go back to the muck and the mire. When God said he wants to pull us out of the muck and the mire and set us on the rock, who is Jesus? And with his blood, he wants to cleanse us and heal our cracks and fill us full of peace and, jo- and love and joy. Because listen to me, your spouse is not a good Savior. Your children aren't your Savior. You know how many women have babies because they want unconditional love? That's the wrong reason to have a kid. Teenagers, I've dealt with them. I want to have a baby. Are you kidding me? You're 15. You're 16. I set one boy down. I said, you ready to be daddy? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, she wants to have a baby, and she wants you to be the daddy. I'm out of this. Sex seems good for a minute or two until you figure out she's wanting to have a baby. Wait a minute, I don't want to be a daddy. I had to, I have, I'm just, you know, I'm a little different. I just say it. Because she's wanting you to be daddy. We have got to get real with ourselves. God wants to heal your broken hearted. Do you know what? Do you want to be cool among your friends or cool to God? Who are you trying to please? We're called to please God. I want to please God. God's got to be number one. That's our focus. Remember we started off? I single. What does God want? Man, there's never more love, more joy, more peace. And what does God want? Oh, that's what I want to do. What about this one? What about that one? They don't really count. They count if they're going to come with you. Bump somebody and say, come with me. So the master mixes the clay. He works diligently to fill the crack with that paste. God wants to, to fill your cracks. He, Jesus shed his blood for your salvation, your healing, and your restoration. Some of you are dragging around stuff somebody did to you as you was a kid. Man, I've had stuff done to me when I was a kid. We've got to let that go. I'm a new creation, a new creation, a new creation. And I have a new home, and it's heaven. I'm just visiting Withville. I'm just visiting these United States. I'm a citizen of heaven. Come on, and you are too. Come on. We are visiting this place, and we are here to represent the kingdom of God. God has empowered you. He wants to empower you. He wants to fill you up and so that you can go somewhere and happen for him. Man, that's what I love. Kids turn, they're coming to happen. Jesus coming to happen for us, for our kids. But guess what? When you go to work, you're supposed to go happen for God. Not a, you, don't, you know, what does it say? You're supposed to live it. You use words are optional. It ain't what you say. <laughs> I used to do jail ministry, and I had like six guys come up, and they're sitting down in front of me, and this one guy took over the whole show. And I'm like, and he was talking the talk. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude. I got one hour. This is my time. The, you know, the Spirit of God rose up in me. You need to, I want to say, you need to shut up. But that's nice. I said, if you really knew what you was talking about, you wouldn't be, you'd be on this side of the bars. Huh? You're, that's religious. That's religion. Man, he could spout stuff off, but it was all up here. Nothing in his heart. Was it real to him? Come on. God wants your heart. Huh? God wants your heart. He wants your heart's where you live. Okay, okay. Don't shout me down. 
So look at B. Or A, have you been cracked? B, how can cracks be healed? A is how you, have you been cracked? And we're talking about this and all this healing. So have you been cracked? Write that down. And B is how can cracks be healed? So look at Judas was cracked. He would not go back to Jesus. He walked away defeated, depressed, oppressed, and went and hung himself. Peter, in turn, found Jesus, swam to him, and turned it and gave his life to him. Don't be a Judas. Be Peter. You can always come back to God. But the place that you want to stay is in the place of power, in the place of being full. You don't want to listen. When I started this, this was the word the Lord gave to me. In America, we live for God in the least way we can get by. Because we're full of entertainment. I watched a football game yesterday. And I'll check on it. If I don't get to watch one day, I'll check on it because it's entertainment. I like to go fishing because it's entertainment. I like to go hunting. Just my, I like mountain hunting. It's entertainment. If we was living in Africa, we don't have time for entertainment. We're working on where we're going to get our next meal. We're plowing. Somebody's got to go get water. We got to go down to the creek and get some of that nasty water. But see, we are so wealthy, and I don't care if you think you're the poorest person in here, you are more wealthy than, it, than, than probably three-quarters of the world. And we live for entertainment. We want a big screen TV. Mine ain't big enough. Entertainment. And that's the way we do with God. We'll serve God as long as he don't cross over in our entertainment. Don't tell me I can't watch football, Pastor. That's sacrilegious. Don't tell me, you know. You have got to put God priority. Amen. And nothing wrong with watching football, going fishing, being on, you know, ballroom dancing. You have got to serve God. He's got to be number one. He's got to be number one. Because if you don't serve him, eventually you are going to get cracked. Something stupid's going to happen. And it's not God's fault. Some of you sitting here blaming God because you're cracked. Why did he let that happen to me? He didn't hold the beer while you was drinking the six-pack, driving down the road 85 miles an hour, seeing how, how high the sparks would fly off the curb. You just ease the car over and let the rim hit that curb and throw in sparks. Y'all ever seen that? He didn't tell you to not stop and look underneath your car. I knew a guy that was driving 40 miles an hour, opened the door and stuck his head on the car, see if it, what was that rattling was coming from. It wasn't God's fault that he wrecked. That's Louisiana for you right there. There's some stupid going on down there. You know, if you, if you go get on there and see something stupid, really stupid, most of the time it's from Louisiana. You know, there's a guy got on there and they shut down his Waffle House because it was dirty. He said, I don't go to Waffle House because it's clean. Louisiana. When I, know, I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about stupid. Because stupid will crack you. When somebody says, hey, y'all watch this, you better get ready, better get out of the way. Somebody's about to get cracked. And then they want to blame God. Why in the Lord, let, why in the Lord stop me from jumping off this house? You have a free will. You are a free will agent. You can do whatever you want to. You, don't, you didn't have to come today. Nobody put a gun to you to keep you from coming or make you to come. And so we need to freely give our hearts to God and serve Him and let Him heal us from the stupidity that happens in life. You know, if, if, if you've lost a loved one, that's not God's fault. Death's coming for all of us unless Jesus comes back. And if you're believing God to live a long life, you're going to go to a lot of funerals because a lot of people don't know how to believe that way. And you can believe for a long life. One promise gives you 80 years. One promise gives you 120. By strength, whatever you want to grab a hold of. Huh? But when someone passes, you can't be cracked by it. You got to know before they pass. You better make sure they know. Man, I went to my grandfather. I want to make sure that I knew that he knew Jesus. 
I went to my grandmother, make sure. I went to my, my, my aunt by marriage. I went to her daddy, made sure he's on the couch dying, and I made sure he knew Jesus. Yeah. Now I got some hope. I'm going to see them all. I got peace about it. See, because when my grandfather died, I mean, I, I, I'd walk in, I walk in his footsteps. He hung the moon. You notice my grandkids are all around me. They like me the same way. But my grandfather taught me how to build stuff, how to cut stuff, how to be a carpenter, how to do stuff, how to plow, whatever. And I want to be like him. When he died, I grieved for too long. I was cracked. And the Holy Spirit said, how long are you going to do this? And I said, it's today's, it's over. He's in heaven. It's over. You get cracked. God wants to heal your cracks. Divorce will hurt you. Divorce will crack you. Let God heal your cracks. You know, and if you got, if you got kids, they're going to tell you one time or another they hate you because they're not trying to get their way. They are master manipulators. So just so, just so you know, parents, you can't trust kids and you can't trust youth because they're in training. You can't trust them. You know, I, I put my, my, my five-year-old grandson up here, and I put a pile of M&M's, say, just take one. Nah, ain't going to happen. Because I like, he's country, he's, I like chocolate. It's got sugar in it. Let's try to end this, try to land this airplane here. Listen, Ephesians 1 and 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. God wants to reveal things to you that in you that need healing. We all want revelation of God. Yes, we do. But if you're cracked, that revelation's going right out the crack. We need healing. We need rest. Peter was restored. So let's talk about that just for a minute. The master takes the vessel, places it on the shelf in a cool, dry place to make sure it's seasoned and it's healed. I'm good. So does anybody figure out what rice meant on a twisted ankle? Rest, ice, compression, and what? Elevation. You got to get off of it. How about you being cracked? How about you take some time to get healed? Amen. So Jesus told Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Tend my lambs. Do you love me? You know I love you. Shepherd my sheep. Do you love me? Lord, you know everything. Then Jesus said, go wait. Go wait. The day of Pentecost is coming. Go wait. Go study the word. Go wait because I'm going to launch you out. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to repurpose you. You're going to be a vessel for my glory. How many of you, you want to, don't raise your hand. How many of you want to be a vessel for his glory? God wants to use you. But have you, have you fed? Have you waited? Have, have, are you waiting? You know, a lot of times we're waiting on God, but you know what? You don't just wait on God. You fill yourself up. What, what can you give? We always go to money when we talk about giving. Yeah, it takes money to feed people. It takes money to clothe people. It takes money to turn electricity on. It takes money to build a stage like this. We need money. It's a tool. It's one of the tools. But what can you give? Can you give John 3.16? Can you share? Can you love? Do you have enough love in your heart for somebody to see them changed, to reach out to them, and they... Pfft, I sat in a restaurant one time, and I couldn't eat. I watched this man. He was so drunk, and he was licking ice cream out of a bowl. wasn't using a spoon. And it grieved my spirit, and I wanted to go talk to him. And I went and talked to him about Jesus. And he pretty much cussed me out. Well, why would you be grieved? Because Jesus is grieved for people like that. That's the heart of God, to re try to reach people like that. And I planted a seed. 
Even though I didn't see him delivered, I didn't see, you know, I'd love to say, oh, he just instantly got sober and he gave his heart to God and he's been preaching ever since. No, I didn't see that. That's what Billy Graham said. You witness and person that leads somebody to Jesus, they think they did it all, but they didn't. There was too many. Everybody's planting seeds in their life. See, change. You're a farmer for the kingdom of God. You need to be planting seeds. All the kids that come tonight, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, will be have, they'll have seeds put in their heart. They're looking, all the kids this morning that were here last year were looking for Elmer, trying to figure out the phone machine. How does it work? Because they remember. It's all seeds of remembrance, but also they remember the Word of God. And all this is tools for them to remember. After a season, the master takes the vessel and begins to decorate it and glaze it to match or to even repurpose it. But most of us sit on the shelf thinking, well, God can never use us again. I've had people been, been through divorce that I've never be used again for God. That's a lie. I've done too many stupid things for God to use me. That's a lie. God wants to use us all. God needs us. We're his representatives. You are Jesus in the earth. And we're going to close with this. A vessel that won't be healed becomes a trash can. God don't want you to be a trash can because His glory can't stay in you, His Word can't stay in you, it leaks out. Then the big trash comes and you just, start, you just become a trash can and griping and complaining and negative about everything. That's not God's plan for you to be negative and full of garbage and full of the junk that's in this world. God wants to heal you. God wants to change you. He wants to deliver you. He don't want you to be Judas. He wants you to be Peter. Bow your heads today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the stirring. For healing in the name of Jesus. Nobody's looking around. If you feel like you've been cracked and you can't be healed of it, just lift your hand. Before God, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand, that hand. There's more. Anybody else? I see that hand. The devil is a liar and God is the truth. And God is a God of restoration, reconciliation. Look at me now. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us have been called to, to reconcile people back to God. And if you don't think you can be reconciled, you can't reconcile anybody else. God wants to restore you, to heal you, to heal your cracks. He wants to fill you up. And some of you have no cracks. You're just not full. You walk around empty, depressed, tired, weary. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. That the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts. That God's love's in you. Amen. Fill up on it. Focus on it. See, that's why we say, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, because we're trying to fill you up, trying to fill you up with God. You know, I can't force feed you. It's like I say, if you're 30-year-old and mama's still feeding you a spoon, woo-wee, shame on mama and you, right? But we're supposed to feed ourselves on the Word of God. It'll change our lives. It'll bring victory. It'll bring strength. And God will start speaking to you. You'll hear His voice. Amen? So let me pray over you. Father, these that lifted their hands, we thank you that you're the healer, that you're the heal by the blood of Jesus, every broken crack, everything that our past, the devil, he's a liar and a thief, and he's trying to steal our future by showing us our past. But our past is under the blood. Say it with me. My past is under the blood. I have been forgiven. I am free from my past. I am free from the hurts and the pains of my past. It's under the blood. I am washed in the blood of Jesus. I am ready to be filled. Now look at me. God wants to fill you up. That's why you don't need to read chapter after chapter every day. You get one verse. Find a promise and fill up on that promise. Study that promise. Focus on that promise. You know, that, I took Psalms 91. I took me three weeks, 
and I learned to memorize it. It's in my heart. It's in my mouth, and I have it. And the Lord has brought it up to me so many times, that, that scripture, that he's going to protect me, that he's got me, that his angels encamp about me. Amen. See, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I abide, I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he's my God. I hope he's your God, but I know he's my God. See, he's my God. That's how you read the Word. It's written for you. Not for just me. It's written for all of us. And he's my God. His angels encamp about me. They keep me. I know I got it out of order, but I'm just sharing. It's in there. You need to put the Word of God in you. And stir yourself up with it. I'm mighty in God. You need to start saying you're mighty in God until you become mighty in God. That I'm full of God. And depression has no home in me. Hurt has no home in me. Brokenness has no home in me. I've been set free. I've been set free. You need to, you know, I, you got to walk around and stir yourself up. You need to be singing to yourself. You need to be talking to yourself. And yeah, you're not crazy. You need to answer yourself. And we're going to have a good day today. You go, yes, we are. Me and God. Me and Jesus. Me and the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit's your best friend? I know you think your husband or your wife's your best friend, but no, the Holy Ghost is your best friend. He's your comforter, your guide, your ever-present help. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Even when you do something stupid, even if you're cracked, he's still following behind you. Let me heal that for you. Let me put a Band-Aid on that. Let me heal that for you. Let me fix that for you. You see it? He never leaves you. Hallelujah. Well, it's been fun, hasn't it? We are a vessel. We are a vessel. And we're, 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 it's time to get full, right? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.